0: You
1: have to roll down your window. I cannot do it for you. Am yeah, I just going to bust through my window? <laughs> Give me the vaccine.
2: Oh, Hello? Yeah. Hi, Margaret. Doing okay. Uh, July... 3rd, 1995.
1: <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even buying alcohol. You know, so... Okay. Uh. Okay. Nice. Okay. 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 Cool. Yeah, that's fine. I think it's, oh. 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 Here. You can come in if you want, like, <laughs> <something to> add, <laughs> hang out with oh, us. Hey. <laughs> I would love that. I would yeah. love that on oh, go. Margaret, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think the apocalypse is going to happen in our lifetime?
2: Wow, what a great question. I wouldn't have thought that um, <laughs> we'd have a pandemic. Yeah.
1: yeah. Gonna go with no? Yeah, okay, well, that's that's positive of you. You're doing an apocalyptic kind of thing.
2: But,
1: but you have a positive attitude about it. <laughs> we appreciate you, Margaret. Thanks, Margaret. Dum-dum, beetle-dum-dum, beetle-dum-dum, beetle-dum-dum. There was a turtle by the name of Bert. And Bert,
0: the turtle was very alert.
1: And danger threatened him, never got
2: hurt. He knew just what to do. He's got and cover. Got and cover.
1: He did what we all must learn to do. You and you
2: and you and
0: you. and, and cover. Be sure and remember what Bert the Turtle just did, friends, because every one of us must remember to do the same thing. That's what this film is all about.
1: Welcome to episode one of Apocalyptic Zen. My name is Nick. I will be your tour guide, your Zen guru through the apocalypse, Armageddon, the end of days, societal collapse, the rapture, whatever it is you want to call it. That's what we're going to be talking about this show. And I and I think that uh, it's a good time to start thinking about that subject because, as you heard in the beginning of the audio, uh, I've been vaccinated waxed, vaxxed, and on the verge of smoking crack after such a tumultuous year, and uh, I think that sort of has set the stage for me to start thinking about these things. I have a lot of personal opinions about the end of the world, and don't you worry, you're going to hear them. I will definitely use this as a platform for my political propaganda, you know, don't let any crisis go to waste, but uh, I'm interested in the subject overall. I think there's plenty of things we could talk about, plenty of different viewpoints, plenty of different apocalypses. that are open for discussion, that are interesting to learn about, and that's what I wanna do. Uh, I'm gonna bring on people that are funnier than me, that are smarter than me, to hopefully help me guide you through this conversation, through this process, and uh, I want you to come along with me and learn with me and uh, appreciate the end of the world and have a sort of zen to it. Um, I think it's important for myself to sort of ground myself in the idea that maybe if the apocalypse is going to happen, that I can be happy despite that, and then maybe I can share some of that sort of cynical happiness. But also, there's other people out there who are uh, either zen in times of obvious despair, uh, maybe denying what's going on, and then there's people who admit that the apocalypse is happening and have their own sort of scary sense of zen, and I want to explore all those things. So, we're going to be doing some serious things, some not-so-serious things, and... Uh, Although this is sort of a beginning and rough stage of everything, you'll notice my my editing and audio skills aren't exactly uh, up to par with the best of the best. But, you know, I think there's a lot to offer and I appreciate you coming along with me. You're listening to this either because I've personally peer pressured you into doing so or because you've maybe cracked open, uh, you know, some kind of uh, concrete vault that I've put underground 10,000 years after the end of society. So either way, thanks for coming along. And without further ado, let's get into the first episode. So in this first conversation, I'm talking with a good friend of mine, Katie, my sort of pseudo co-host as of now, and a good friend of mine, Usman. And uh, yeah, Usman doesn't really know what we're talking about, but uh, I basically sort of used Usman's predictions about his future to start the conversation on my view on the apocalypse. So uh, yeah, so thanks for that and uh, enjoy okay so yeah i'm gonna trim i'm gonna trim off the beginning of this so so don't worry we're not we're not like mid episode right now you don't now. want to talk um, about
2: everybody's spell movements and their time
1: yeah i mean i might ask that a few times to get better re- better and better reactions um, you know, i poop i pooped right before we started that's a smart move yeah okay, it took a long so time though, to wipe but it, you, i got it going
2: listen <laughs> we were very much considering getting a bidet okay uh yeah because our toilet broke last week <laughs> we <got, laughs> oh, told totally me it. it just exploded i swear to god like there is no explanation we were just hanging out fucking watching tv and you hear like pfft, pfft.
1: all right so welcome to the first episode of the podcast uh, i'm here with uh katie and uzman and we're gonna be having a little conversation about well about a lot of things but mainly we're gonna be talking about the end of the world um so that's the first time uzman's hearing of this so uh, mm-hmm. how you how you doing uzman how are you doing today
0: i'm doing well just doing found well. out the topic just mm-hmm. found out
1: the, the topic maybe i could have waited a little while but i think i think that's fine you probably need a little time to prepare but katie knows what we're talking about uh how you Hell doing Katie? Yeah. <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome to episode one thanks for thanks for joining me um in this rough uh um um uh, beginning uh The beginning of the end i guess uh since that's what we're going to be talking about is the end um but let's i just want to start off uzman since you're our guinea pig um Mm -hmm. i want to see like what how are you feeling uh what what have you been working on these days like what's what's some stuff you've been without going too much you don't have to tell me all about your personal life and all that but like what's what are some stuff you're working on as far as i know you're usually like scheming with some stuff and working on (laughs) some big projects is there anything in the in the shoot these
0: days um yeah, I'm finishing up school. Uh, there's a few business plans that I'm testing out. Oh, seeing yeah. How far they go.
2: Yeah. What's, what's up? That- what are you trying to get started?
0: <laughs> well, currently I'm working on something with cars and car dealerships. Okay. Do you, is that like a long term thing or is
1: that just like a short term thing?
0: Well, right now I'm putting it to the test and seeing is there a potential there or is it just another idea? Hmm.
2: Like, you trying okay. to start it? Like, or are you trying to do an app thing for
0: them? Or... Um, so, the traditional thinking behind it is supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Car dealerships need to move cars within a mm-hmm. certain time limit before it's... Even though they have that car and that asset on their lot, it's taking up space that another right. car could have taken.
1: So is this, like, something you're thinking, like, this is, like, a short-term thing? Or you do you have – is this, like, in your mind, you're like, this is going to set me in, in motion for, like, a while? Or, like, do you have plans like that? Or, like, you don't have to – I guess you don't have to share your secret sauce, but, like, <laughs> I feel well, like you're a long-term thinker.
0: That's the thing. It, I, I want to see, is it something I could use? Like, I could put that data together and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get cars for maybe cheaper or I have some okay. kind of deal working out. Okay. Well, do you see, what do you, like, what do
1: you, I'm, I'm, I've been interested in talking to you about this stuff for like, what, where do you, like, what lifestyle are you trying to achieve? Like, where are you trying to get to? Like, what's, what's in the future for
2: Usman?
0: Oh, well, let's see how far I can get, but I want to aim for pretty much the highest of everything. The... Okay. Tell me about that. So, oh, yeah. aside from just the dollar amount, you know, going to a billion or something that high, I want to have the best of everything so I know that I'm living life in, like, the fullest of colors.
1: Ah, nice. What kind of stuff, like, what feels like fullest of colors to you?
0: Like, let's say if I want to relax, I'd want to go to the best place to do that. Like somewhere where there's white sand and nice water. Like like Hawaii
1: or the, or like, like, uh, like, uh, the Cayman Islands
0: or something exactly find the best of <laughs> whatever i want to do
1: nice cool do you you think you do like some like do you, are you thinking more like big cities and like nature like out in the out in the wilderness like what, what what's more your vibe
0: well right now i've been just currently i've been looking into san francisco and i like the vibe there quite a bit but like the but like the future
1: like this is pinnacle uzman
0: well like, in know. the future see that's the thing. I want to have the best of everything. So I wouldn't want to negotiate oh, from like having multiple properties. Nice... Exactly. Just
1: multiple properties. I see. I see.
0: Well, sick. Okay. Well,
1: cool. Um, well, Usman, I don't know if you know this, but according to the Atlantic, mm-hmm. 60% of all animal life has been wiped out since the 1970s. Uh, they're calling it the sixth great mass extinction event. Mm-hmm. And it's likely to continue. Uh, <laughs> According to Seaspiracy, that, that new documentary on Netflix, I don't, know, I don't know exactly if it's the most credible, uh, but, you know, they cite their sources. And they say that by 2048, there will be no possibility to have commercial fishing if we continue at our rate. So there won't be any more uh, fish in the yeah, seas that we'll be able to catch. Get
2: your sushi in now, so, yo. If you want, if yeah, you want so, to get around, man, I would say get that shit done. Eat all the fish you can before the water be poisonous
1: see all the nature see mm-hmm. all the nature cuz cuz it sounds like the the full colors that Usman wants might be if it if it includes nature it might have some trouble right um so yeah so uh not to not to to dump uh, too much <laughs> on you but i did so me and Katie have this master sheet here so i'll just, so what we're talking about today so it's the end of the world and i thought mm-hmm. what a better place to talk about the end of the world than climate than uh, the future than what we want because I think I think you know I just got my vaccine yesterday. Uh, we just survived a little mini apocalypse, so I think the world's ready to talk about like, you know, the next one. We we're, we've sort of accepted a little bit. Maybe not everybody. Maybe maybe not all of us, but I think some of us have started accepted. Like the the apocalypse, maybe it'll happen. It might affect us. Yo,
2: but. you know what's funny too? Like, okay, hmm. I'm coming from a very different background, I think, than most people because uh, I grew up in a household. Of conspiracy nuts, and so mm. since like basically the time I can understand English, I was basically told like the apox the apocalypse is coming, and
1: uh oh cool. Well, you're already there then. Yeah.
2: Oh no, I've been prepared. Like my parents told us, like you got to start <laughs> stockpiling food. This is how you do water with the chlorine in it. So when the water supply goes bad, ba But all right. Yeah, it was crazy. But it's funny too, because like the big thing right now obviously like the most impending doom aside from the pandemic is probably climate change and they still don't believe Mm -hmm. in climate change they just yeah
1: well you know what though then that's that's perfect though because then we have we it sounds like we have uzman on one side i mean not saying that uzman does i don't know i haven't asked him about climate change but my (laughs) my assumption is we have uzman on one side who's like you know he's want, he wants the full colors of life. He's gonna go to these white sandy beaches in a full year, in a few years, <laughs> and we got Katie on the other side who's been a who's been a low key prepper <laughs> since she was a child. So I think I think I found the best of both yeah, worlds. Oh um, but here, look. So okay, so I'm not I'm gonna cite my sources. So Uzman, this master document that me and Katie have in front of us is from from Reddit because uh-huh. the best podcasts just take other people's shit and mm-hmm. repurposes it. So. It's from dark. It's from our dark futurology. It's a post called "Why the Future is Really Grim," and I'm stealing this from a guy named Logoman43. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to sort of like to sort of ruminate on some of these and talk about them. So I have a list of some of the big important ones. So the, the, the biggest thing is like climate change. I think I think there's plenty of things that might kill us in the future, but climate change seriously seems like seems like the most uh, likely, the most studied, uh, the most obvious one. So there's you know. I think on this show that we're going to talk about plenty of things that are going to kill us, but climate change definitely feels like, mm-hmm. you know, the most likely. So mm-hmm. let me, let me share some of these with you. Uzmon. And so, so you heard the one about the uh, 60% of animal life. Uh, apparently, according to the EU commission, 40% of all non iced land is used by cropland and pastures, which is an eight times uh, increase since the industrialization. According to uh, Euronews: in August of 2020, uh, we hit what's called an overshoot day. So, in, so every year we, we burn up a certain amount of resources. an offshoot or, sorry overshoot day. Overshoot day uh, is a mark for when we've burned up or used up more materials than the Earth can regenerate in a year. So mm. in 2020, even, even with uh, you know the pandemic shutting down all these things, it only took us seven months to hit overshoot day so every year we're increasingly using up resources that the earth is not going to be able to get back if we keep using them according to the new york times
0: and the just just to just to clarify you're saying every year we have this overshoot day that we get to
1: yeah so we've hit it we've hit it um Every every year in modern history, we every year we yeah. we overuse the resources mm-hmm. that the Earth would be able to replenish in that same year, right? Got it. And so in 2020 we hit it in August, which means the rest of the months uh, throughout that year mm-hmm. we were using stuff that we were never going to get back. You know, we we're not a one yo. Return, the so. fucking world um,
2: is using resources like I use my damn credit cards. They just borrowing and borrowing,
1: <laughs> never never to be returned. Oh. Um, so yeah, so so uh, New York Times. So if you've ever heard of this, maybe maybe you've heard of this. So there's the famed two degrees Celsius. It's the mark that's supposed to like li- we're supposed to limit ourselves to before we hit catastrophe with sea levels rising, taking those white sandy beaches away, deforestation happening at uh, massive levels, increased amount of storms and hurricanes. Well, that two degrees Celsius that scientists have warned us is sort of the uh, the no no return mark. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already reached. Uh, 1.8 of that two degrees so we're on our way Um, and even with 200 countries signing the paris accords according according to the paris accords themselves it's not enough to reach um, the emission standards that we need to be able to close it off at Uh Uh 2.0 and countries are apparently not even on track to meet this uh, minuscule goal something that's not even supposed to get us to the two degrees celsius at this rate according to scientists we're going to hit three degrees or 3.5 degrees, uh, according to the climate tracker. Um, And every degree higher than the the uh, 2.0 degrees Celsius that we go up, every degree higher, it decreases global food production by 10%. Um, And so far, you know, and that's pretty bad, seeing as we're about to increase our population, we're going to 9 billion people soon. Uh, So we're going to have less food for more people. Uh, just to just throw out a few more, and then we can we can talk about some of the stuff. Uh, uh, according to job, this is I got all this from the Reddit, but according to it, job one for humanity, there's uh, you know some of the things that increased climate change would cause for us. The first one they put up there, this was put in before 2020, but uh, one is the increased chance of epidemics, so like COVID, deforestation increases. <laughs> the chance for human contact with diseased animals. The bubonic plague is actually still hidden under permafrost in the Arctic. So the more that that melts, bubonic plague gets released up into the air. Um, and at two degrees Celsius, about 1.5 billion people will be exposed to deadly heat waves. That's in, you know, 0. 0.2 more degrees. At three degrees Celsius, it triples to 4.5 billion people. At five degrees, which some scientists predict we can get to, it's six billion people. So it's the majority of Earth. Um, on top of that, droughts can increase by 66%. Wildfires will increase, uh, creating a feedback loop, which will only increase the amount of carbon dioxide in the, um, in the atmosphere, which will make it so that I- the ice melts, increasing sea height by possibly 10 to 20 feet in 80 years, meaning lower Manhattan's gone, Florida's gone, Bangladesh is gone, Micronesia's gone, Polynesia's gone. Up to 350 million people are going to possibly have to move by 2050. Those sandy beaches are probably gone. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Yeah, so so that's that's so that's the idea. That's where we're looking at. Um and and yeah, I guess I I want to talk about this because I want to I want to see how people I want I want to start having conversation about the possibility. Maybe it won't happen. Maybe this is just some dude on Reddit. And these are just some scientists. Yeah. You know? Yo, yeah. plus so okay. Won't happen, move on. But
2: to be very fair, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've been talking about climate collapse forever. One of the biggest arguments that I always heard from my parents, well, from my dad, my he was like, look, when I was going to college, they kept talking about acid rain, acid rain, acid rain, and how there was going to be, mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Yeah, that didn't right? happen. Like,
1: I... I mean, but it happened, but it didn't wasn't as bad really... as they
2: thought yeah. it would be. So, hey, look, maybe, yeah. like.
1: Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they're wrong. They're wrong, but wrong. maybe
2: they're just trying to, like, totally. freak people out think, enough what, to do you... something.
1: Or... I don't know. What do you, what, what do you think, Katie? Like, si- like 50-50, like 60-40? They... like
2: scientists are worrying. <laughs> uh hardcore so that we worry a little bit more because if they were chilling they were mm. too chill about it okay and then all of a sudden shit would fall off the rails but if they it's kind of like oh, that teacher okay. at the okay. end of class he's like yo the assignment is due soon the assignment is do so
1: but the he, but he was gonna like exactly push it back he knew he was gonna push it back the whole time okay okay mm-hmm. well what about you is what do you think about all this i you no. haven't, you haven't told me your input
0: let me first say, I agree with the idea of climate change, and mm. I also, to some degree, believe that if the world does come to an end, it will be through like epidemics and like sudden change in climate, and mm. it'll decay in somewhat exponential leap.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so what do I do really like
1: uh, 60, 60, 40, 20, 20, 20, what is it, 20 yeah. in 80, terms of like how
0: realistic uh, the prediction. Yeah. What
1: do you think are. the chances are? What do you, what do you give it? The end of the world, it's, it's climate change is going to, is going to drastically change society, possibly apocalyptically. What do you what, are you, what are your chances?
0: Um, I think it's pretty realistic, but I also think that every day there's probably like new uh, data, new research that, you know, is either optimistic or more pessimistic of what's about okay. to happen. So I think it that's okay. why it changes quite a bit.
1: Mm, okay. On the on the optimistic part, I'm actually just gonna skip down to the bottom here because one thing, for instance, like I, I'm I'm kinda I find like I'm not I'm not a doomer. Like I don't think like, you know, I don't want to be all hum and glum. Like yeah. I, I'm making a I'm making a podcast about the end of the world, but you know, I'm here for <laughs> I'm here for I'm here to be proven wrong. Like I'm here for healthy skepticism. I kind of think it's probably a little little, you know, little, uh, uh, yeah, like maybe it's being a little over, over, uh, harped about to just get our, our butts in gear, but you know, I don't know. Cause for instance, like just this guy in the Reddit sites, I think like 32,000, uh, peer reviewed research papers. So, you know, I, I think there's only so much doubt that you can, you can throw, uh, towards the science because it isn't, it isn't just some big conspiracy. It's not just like, you know, American scientists trying to make a buck in their little uh, cabal. This is an internationally uh, uh, agreed-upon issue. So, so maybe they're harping, but I, I feel like you know, best-case scenario, we're we're still gonna see a ton of this. Um.
0: Well, looking at history, the world has been through a lot of crazy things and have gone through it.
2: Yeah, well. but. Hell of yeah
1: true
0: die. but
2: but yeah, there's a lot of us i'm like mm, will we survive <laughs> like i don't know i feel like people are getting <laughs> a little a bit doughy. i don't know if we'll be able to make it i know i wouldn't
1: hella things might die like even if just some of these things happen like i don't know two billion people maybe could die i mean maybe we'll make it but 70 percent or 60 percent? what is it 60 percent of all animals are already gone already gone yeah polar I mean... bears probably
2: gone
0: and that's a Dinos. that's definitely a huge Down. thing that needs to be looked into. Yeah, because I'm just thinking not, like okay,
2: polar bears yeah. probably gone. They are far more equipped to be fighting things, to be like mm, protected from extreme cold, to be able to handle problems. Like their body is just better. I mean, it's not safe.
1: so let me let me throw one more let me throw throw one more wrench in here before yeah. we, before we go on to, to so so one thing that this guy put in here on this post is that I think is pretty. Uh, you know brings up the doomerism in it a little bit maybe makes us feel a little worse His, so uh he says the cost why going green is not the solution it says the cost of going green uh the cost of going green are insane and the global economy is unable to bear the brunt of this match switch going a hundred percent green energy is not possible with the current consumption earth lacks enough metals to produce the solar panels batteries and ways to distribute energy around the globe Building one wind turbine costs 900 tons of steel, 2, 2,500 tons of concrete, 45 tons of plastic. Solar power requires even more cement, steel and glass, not to mention other metals. Global, global silver and in India mining will jump 250 percent and 1200 percent sorry yeah, 1200 percent, respectively, over the next couple of de- decades to provide the materials necessary to build the number of solar panels, uh, the industrial sorry, the International Energy Association forecasts. World demands for rare earth elements, which aren't rare but are rarely mined in America, will rise by 300 to 1,000% by 2050 to, me- to meet just the Paris green goal. Not gonna China do America. it, yeah. It isn- doesn't actually solve
2: it. Not enough, but, like, fuck, I- the world is ending. I mean, like, we gotta do something, right? Like, we can yeah, have my yeah. mindset, which is, like, fuck it, if I die, I die. But <laughs> I don't know if that's, you know... A lot of other people don't hate life as much as I do and probably (sighs) would, um, you know, want to... Probably
1: want to give it, like, their best shot.
2: Yeah, they want to give it their best shot. They don't want to, like, you know, do that Twilight Zone episode where everyone burns alive because of the sun, like... And that's understandable, right? But at the same time, it's like, if this isn't enough, like, should we still do it?
1: Yeah, probably. And, you know, like, the thing is, too, is... uh, even if even if you know like green energy isn't the solution there's still like you know I I think you know Usman wasn't wrong earlier in the conversation when he said like there's technology that comes out that can that can help us with things and there's you know there's, it's not like uh technology is is finished and that there's nothing we can do other than these specific things so right so we might as well go out fighting like we might as well uh go out with our best attempt and i think like you know essentially like the Green New Deal, like big giant projects are like the actual best step because uh yeah, doing things as is is probably probably not great. Um, but I, I cut you off earlier, Katie. You were you were talking about your parents.
2: Uh, uh yes. and
1: you were talking about how they're conspiracy nuts except for in this <laughs> oh, situation of climate. Yeah. yeah. except for climate change for some reason. Yeah, can you can you talk about that? Yeah,
2: they're very strange. I mean, it's primarily my dad. Uh in and- Sure. It's funny because like I grew up Catholic, and his background obviously is coming from one that's like slightly more religious, right? Um, and he's obviously ultra conservative. I remember waking up in the morning and hearing Rush Limbaugh freaking screaming in the background until the time that I went to bed. Uh, Mark Levin, same deal. So it's funny because and like- he
1: believed in he believed in the end of the world, like it was coming. Yes.
2: Okay. So that was that was part of it. it was like he believed in the end of the world, but climate change was like not part of that conversation. He thought it was kind of like a hoax that was pushed by the left. And he Mm -hmm. was very hung up on this idea of like, Oh, we're doing globalism. And this is like back in the day, right? Like I remember having Mm -hmm. this conversation where he was like, the economy is going to collapse the EU is going to expand, we're going to have globalism, and it's the mm-hmm. new world order. I remember having this conversation in, like, the second grade, okay? Um, <laughs> and he was like, you gotta, you gotta do something about it, we're all, I don't know, we're all fucked, maybe you can't, but just letting you know this is the direction things are going in. And uh, What did
1: he think was the solution?
2: Well, he was just mm. like, we need to, like, just rely upon the markets and also isolate ourselves um, and also mm. fight socialism fight globalism make sure that we're fighting Mm. communism and keep in mind too right he was born in 63 he saw the cold war and so he was very Mm. much indoctrinated to think like oh any sort of solidarity any sort of like socialist action is bad and that's going to be the end of things um not climate change not anything else that's a more pressing matter that will most likely you know be be the thing if he sees it in his lifetime that's gonna be it not as much oh. as anything else yeah.
1: yeah well that's interesting because you know like i feel uh like that's kind of the you know the best case scenario with this whole you know green green energy as a response to things right. like like the, the this this big reddit article makes it sound like you know if we just if we just switch all of our industry to this separate kind of energy that's probably not the solution because we don't even have the metals in the earth to, to do that so Um, but that's, that's kind of as far as, you know, our current, our current, uh, uh, system, our current economic system will kind of allow us for is to do the same thing, do business as usable, but just switch it to something that's green. Um, so, you know, if we're going to avoid, I mean, Usman, Uzman might be right. Maybe, you know, we go through this, this terrible event, we go through this, this cataclysm, climate change happens, but like, we just, you know, we just get through it, whatever. Two billion people die. (laughs) Three billion people die, but like, right. whatever. We'll, we'll probably, like, some of us will be fine. Like, Uzman's gonna be chilling. He'll be, he'll be like on the white sandy beaches. <laughs> He's the hustler. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He'll
2: He's the hustler. It out, but
1: so, you know what? There's, there's probably something in that. He's, there's probably gonna be some people left if, if shit hits the fan. Okay. But, you know, how many people left? Like, and yeah. you know, what's um... the quality
2: of living for everyone else, too? I think that's like the major argument that I see. Yeah. What
1: if, what if Usman, if you don't become a billionaire?
0: Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Or even just like, A one millionaire you know in a few years will that with inflation and everything else uh with the markets getting fucked up like maybe you'll be okay but it's would that be enough to be able to save you and your family who knows i don't know i just want especially like looking over a lot of the um like green new deal and any other plans in that direction my thinking is like why not try to preserve like a standard for a quality of life for Everyone, you know what I mean? Like yeah. even if whatever, we burn up very similarly to that freaking Twilight episode, right? Where the sun's coming and everyone melts. At the very <laughs> least, up until that moment, we can make life livable for people who maybe don't have, you know, the socioeconomic means uh currently to be able to, I don't know, afford to not lose their home. Or like uh-huh. they're the ones who got laid off and fucked over the hardest from COVID or people who had their wages cut because of COVID, like we may as well try our best, go down fighting, but also ensure, like, fuck, well, at least your life... Yeah,
1: is- whatever, whatever's left on the other side is, like, bearable. Yeah, exactly.
2: Or know? up until that point, life was not so miserable, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think there's a good place to, like, shoehorn in this, this article I really like that uh, I think kind of sums up where I think... Uh, you know, maybe the future of this show could go, or just where a lot of people could be thinking about this, because because if this is if the, the Reddit guy and the scientists that he cites are like are to be believed, then like the economy as is, even with a green label over it, is is probably still fucked. Mm-hmm. So 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 this is a this is an article. that's pretty well known from Naomi Klein. It's called uh, Capitalism Versus the Climate, and uh, I'm not going to go through the whole article because it's a really long article. <clears throat> but uh, this is back in 2011, and she starts. She was at this thing called the heartland conference which is basically like a pretty like it's the pinnacle of anti-climate or sorry climate denier right-wing like you know psychopaths basically it's like where they go and she was talking about how back then this is back in 2011 all she heard was, you know, at the beginning of this thing, she heard that Obama's uh, campaign to promise to support locally owned biofuel refineries was, was really about green communitarianism, gr- communitarianism akin to the Maoist scheme of putting a pig iron furnace in everybody's backyard, uh, that climate change is a stalking horse for national socialism, and that environmentalists are like Aztec b- priests sacrificing countless people to appease the gods and change the weather. So, So she goes to this conference and basically you know sets up this thing that i think like a lot of people intuitively know which is that you know what the right is worried about with climate change isn't have anything to do with climate change it's socialism it would be impossible to uh, to switch the entire electricity generation system in the united states Uh, Over to renewable energy in just 12 years and I think Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders and people like that know that this is really about Socialism, this is nothing more than a socialist Trojan horse. That's why they've inserted all sorts of programs into the Green New Deal For instance, there was a poll in 2007 that found that 71% of Americans believe that continued burning fossil fuels would cause uh, continuing to burn fossil fuels would cause climate to change By 2009, it drops to 51% of people believing it. By 2011, it drops to 44% believing it. So less than half of people in just like a few years. And uh, apparently this is the uh, Scott Keeter, who works at the Pew Research Center for People in the Press, says that this is among the largest shifts over a short period of time in any recent public opinion history. So people really quickly went from believing that burning oil was bad for uh, bad for the Earth to just not believing that it was at all, and it's attached to this thing that the right has been promoting for a long time, which is that you can't believe in, in climate science because it's actually just a big plot to bring in <laughs> socialism. And she, and I think like why I think this this article is fucking baller is because she has this part basically where she says uh, here's my incon- in, here's my inconvenient truth they aren't wrong. Like she basically goes to say the the deniers did not decide that climate change is a left wing conspiracy by uncovering some covert socialist plot. They arrived at this by analyzing what it takes to lower global emissions as drastically and rapidly as climate scientists demand. They've concluded that this can be done only by radically reordering our economic and political systems in ways that are antithetical to the free market belief system. Um, And basically uh, she points out that modern environmentalism Uh, successfully advances many of the causes dear to the left redistribution of wealth higher taxes greater government intervention um, and regulation and she basically calls out that it's actually the climate scientists that are that aren't realizing this that the freak out that the right wing is having is sort of pointing to something that the environmentalists are missing that they should be basically calling for a complete reorganization of the paradigm of our system that's that's the only way to actually do the thing so it's the funny enough the the deniers have found the truth by being freaked out by Mm -hmm. the truth while the rest of society is like sort of yeah
2: and it's funny it's kind of the point of this article because they got to that conclusion first right like they're also the ones who are they have the upper hand in being able to fight that narrative and say uh no 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 no, no. this is a bad idea like we shouldn't be doing this shit y'all listen if you want to hold on to your wealth if you want to be middle class like we got to make sure that the economy stays exactly how it is and in reality, mm-hmm. like them pushing back so far, I wonder how much of an influence that has also had on like people even considering in the scientific community or people even considering on the left.
1: Yeah, talking about it yeah, even. Yeah, exactly.
2: I'm sure. They're just like, they're
1: like afraid to... they'll freak everybody yeah, out. They don't want
2: to engage with this bullshit. Like, this is the angle that they're taking. Is there a way, especially with this bullshit system that we fucking have in this country, if they're just like, well, maybe we can meet them? middle and then they will boot less and then mm-hmm. we could still accomplish and it's like no nah, no nah, no nah, bulldoze ability for them to you know uh, i don't know step down from this or be able to meet you in the middle
1: yeah you basically have to like meet them at the, like, call their bluff like that's that's why that's why the you know the future looked really bright for me when when bernie was on the, the rise because it's basically calling them at their bluff like no american america can actually be socialist and it's not terrifying it's not like the end of the world because uh and, I'll, and i'm Trying to find this in the article that she she talks about, but basically they've pit two stories of Armageddon against each other. The right, it's basically you either believe that Armageddon is coming from the climate. Or you believe that's all a giant hoax and that the real Armageddon is the, quote-unquote, like, loss of your freedoms from socialism that's coming in order to answer it. But as a response, we don't have anybody calling that bluff. Like, there's nobody – there isn't enough people, or maybe there's some, but there's not really a big voice just being like, you know what? Like, that is actually the two options. Like, But, you know, we don't actually have to take your freedom away. We don't actually have to, like – cause an Armageddon with our, our, our social policies and our economic policies, those social and economic policies can still include freedom, include democracy and make your life better. And then maybe we won't have, you know, climate devastation. So, um, so, you know, and, and one thing I, I think she's, she's really smart to bring up, too, is she goes and talks about, like, the old socialist states. So she, she mentions, I'll just read this, it says, the reality is that the Soviet-era state socialism was a disaster for the climate. It devoured resources with as much enthusiasm as capitalism and spewed waste just as recklessly. Before the fall of the Berlin Wall, Czechs and Russians had even higher carbon footprints per capita than their counterparts in Britain, Canada, and Australia. And while China's command-and-conquer economy continues to, be, to harness... Uh, <laughs> basically you know it it puts it, it puts us it puts china at an all-out war against nature right, as right. well so so she's, she's right to address that but then she goes on in her article she you know the big bulk of her article is i'm basically what i'm skipping over but she mentions there's you know she goes through five points of like actually the good way the best way to protect the environment from our economy—it's completely changing it. She goes through reviving and reinventing the public yeah. sphere, remembering how to bring back a planned economy, reining in corporations, localizing product uh, production so it's not so industrial, ending the cult of shopping, and taxing the filthy rich. So, you know, so she basically addresses the fact that, like, yeah, we've socialism in the past was just as damaging as, as capitalism, but just because it was doing the same thing that capitalism was doing. So she 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 talks about how. You know, the, but even though that was the case, the only f- future, the only thing that isn't like that, where we just continuously um, use uh, the Earth's resources to, with thinking that they'll magically be replaced, uh, you know, what Marx she says that Marx calls the irreparable rift between the natural laws of life itself. Um, it is still something that is anti-capitalist,
2: right? right. I mean, either, that's the thing you basically that I kind of think is funny too, right? Like there is a way to be able to pitch. To people on the right and just say like look i get it you know y- you're worried that life as you know it is going to be completely changed and it's going to be for the worse if you were able to, all of these points that they love hearing right these buzzwords were wow. they wake that shit up as long as you were able to pitch it in a way that said you're not gonna get fucked i promise you won't get fucked
1: Or, or like you said earlier, we could just fucking bulldoze them and just win, you know, just like take power away from that
2: mindset, like, like, and hopefully
1: just beat it in the cultural sphere. So we don't have to uh, pander to them anymore. I mean, I would
2: say it's like a two tiered fight, right? Where you're bulldozing them as far as like government policy goes, but in order to like ensure that there's no, because we have this dumbass fucking system of government where like somebody can only be in charge for like four to eight years. Right. And so if you initially bulldoze them.
1: Well, not to mention, like, not to mention a ton of political power just unnecessarily comes from the exactly. rural world, you know, like, it has nothing to do with democracy. Yeah, they just own the that. and the the most freaked out, it seems power. like, by
2: this. But if you're able to, like, make the argument, yeah. like, bulldoze them, make it so that, you know, it's difficult to be repealed later. And then throughout the next, you know, three and a half, four years, be able to tell them, like, look at how much your life is improving this. If you were able to bring jobs to these people and show them, hey, even though you vote conservative or or think this is apocalyptic. It nice that now like we own a home and
1: like yeah it's hard to i think it's hard to convince people that like the the socialist apocalypse is coming when when we like you know help them get jobs that pay well and like they can have a place to live that doesn't bake, break their back like i think they'll just be naturally less afraid of those things because they'll they'll realize that the bullshit the whole time was like actually socialism is just helping i mean whatever it's a lot of things it's who the fuck knows what socialism is but generally they'll you know it's easier to equate like a, an easier life uh uh you know, with, with reality than it is to be like, well, you know, what the right is doing, which is like, they live in a mm-hmm. constantly shitty world, but they're just reinventing the next catastrophe for them to, right. to focus on instead. And then keeping socialism as the big bag enemy. If if their lives actually improve and it's done by people that are either pinkos or just full on socialists, then it's kind of harder to like convince right. them of that. And so whatever. So, you know, bulldozing them might actually convince them anyway. So I don't know what the exact strategy is there, but there is some, there is some kind of strategy there. And, uh, and um, you know, like there's a, there's a need to get it done because it's sort of our best bet. Like it's like you know, if maybe we'll just end up like the fucking Soviets and still be burning a bunch of shit. But all of the things that seem like they, it gets the economy away from used shit yeah. until it's gone is something that's anti. Is something that's anti-capitalist. Something something that's like sometimes anti-market. You know, so so yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to shoehorn this in here at the very end is because there's there's all of this stuff seems to be screaming right. to do something and either it's we have zen and just sort of accept that we're fucked or you know you do something like a big deal and it's like naomi klein seems to be pointing at something like yeah even this even the climate scientists aren't saying the real solution like they're saying the problem's big and maybe like katie said earlier they're over harping the problem but nobody's just not enough people are just coming out and saying like yeah it's our system it's our it's our the entire paradigm for our economy yeah which it, like,
2: increases, you know distress. bad and, and one thing she it's points right. out like if if you present a problem without a solution. Mm-hmm. My personal fucking pet peeve is when somebody is like, "Oh, look at this issue that you're having," and you're like, "All right, what do I do?" And they're like, "Uh, fuck, I don't know, man." But you yeah, don't...
1: you're gonna hate the show then. I, I don't know. I think that's. <laughs> a, I show. don't know what to do. <laughs> but
2: then I'm gonna keep doing me. You. Know, I think that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is sort of yeah, like not a bad answer either. Like, how can you? Yeah. Exactly. Be like, just so be I you think at this think... point. If We
2: had a solution that was like proposed at the very least, even if they were afraid of it, at the very least some action could be taken and then there would be pretty much based off of, you know, Naomi Klein's thing. Like I would assume that there will at least be a standard of living that's established for everyone. That'll benefit them. And then from there, you know, the fight is less uphill. So. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And we're just touching on like super broad, like there's more nuance to be it, had in this conversation, but like, yeah, I think you, I think you've basically got the right. The right idea like that's kind of what i was trying to get at here with that um so anyway to bring it back to who's one <laughs> so the re- you know the reason i wanted to shoehorn this in here is because i think that means like if 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 our two big options are basically like you know socialism on one side or the inevitable crypto fascism where basically like the rich all fortress themselves away from the rest of us who are dying you know try to save the few sandy beaches on like new zealand left that they have in like you know in london like try to try to just put them in a fucking bubble and like the only people who can live there are their fellow homies or the people who serve them it seems like those are the two sides right so like that i mean i don't know that's an extreme way to look at it but but i guess Usman, that means either you're gonna <laughs> be our dictator or we're gonna have to we're gonna have to kill you <laughs> well, <laughs> those are
2: the only ways yeah <laughs>
1: those are the two those are the two main main do you
0: know i don't think we should so, be that extreme i think we should be <laughs> <laughs> more dynamic in our solutions and i think what's slowing us down is sure. the fact that we think of a solution and we think that's the only solution and that's the way to do it when
1: so but do you think are you has this conversation put your put your viewpoint any separately like you know maybe you won't maybe you won't be able to get all all the colors <laughs> full colors of life like maybe on the way well, there i know we're we're I sort of fucking it sure.
0: up um the whole like getting extremely rich and just fucking over everyone that won't work because in my opinion i think money is one thing but you need people to make your life work uh and if you just screw people over and you have no people around you let's say you just like build a giant fortress and just stay in it that's not going to last very long as well
1: well then how do you how do you get in how do you get to This is the this is this is like the pinnacle problem. Then, how do you get to, uh, you know, uh, multiple properties, white sandy beaches, and one billion (laughs) dollars, but also, you know, not screw people (laughs) over on the way there, and still have a world where there's like fucking polar bears and shit. Like, is that is all three of those things possible? Uh,
0: I I mean, that's always that's an ongoing battle of how do you (laughs) how do you keep people in line, but also have them motivated. (laughs) <laughs> that, that took a whole dark route He's
2: going to be the kindest there, capitalist I, I dictator he, he will give you a few extra vacation days okay so you don't bitch uh, he will
1: <laughs> out of the bubble you can wear yeah, exactly. a mask outside the bubble
2: however yeah. he, he will fire you if you're not pulling your weight and then you will have to work for a less fun dictator
0: well see if the balance isn't good then the people start rebelling like I mean, just right now if I'm going see? to college and I think most people that go to college don't see the value in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're gonna start seeing people that don't really mm-hmm. take college seriously and start dropping out and start doing their own thing.
1: Mm. Well, okay, so this is so I, I, I'm basically proposing mm-hmm. an idea for you, Uzmon. I think I think there's two big options for for your, your plan of, of at least <laughs> a million on yeah. sandy beaches. Is is either is either this they're fucking wrong that they're just like they're like we're totally overestimating how bad it's gonna get and that honestly once once you're you know full, you fully got your scheme in place and you're at a billion like everything will actually be pretty chill still and you'll be able to have the full colors of life no problem society will still be there to cater to your like you know multinational <laughs> hopping and your Cay- Cayman Island tax havens or or somewhere you're either gonna have to decide between. The revolution, or the or the the dome dictatorship, and you're gonna have to be the dictator at the top, watching everybody else, you know, migrate and die from heat death. So I think I think those are the two extremes. Yeah, but but it yeah. feels like you know,
2: or I something mean, something like that might have to break. Or like my other middle. thought process here is just like all of that shit is like you're you're saying the number billionaire or whatever, right? what if Mm -hmm. the price of what you wanted was more attainable like or what if everyone made higher wages so that if they wanted to go on vacation or if they wanted to i don't know uh seek medical help for their family members they're able to afford it right like billion is
1: oh so are you saying are you saying the full colors of life might be cheaper cheaper?
2: or at the very least raise everyone's wages in a way that is helpful for the environment and also quality of life of people to where hey Uzman, you might not have a billion dollars in the bank but baby you went and saw a couple white beaches before the end hey you know <laughs> you are able to live in a comfortable neighborhood and you never had to sweat about bills would that be okay with you yeah.
0: oh yeah yeah how do you feel about that and i dictator? think it's possible too i just think billionaires get too greedy and not let that happen, but all right. It, oh damn! It doesn't all need all right. Well, like
1: he we, heard it here first. first. Usman is here willing here to be less than
2: a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so we've gone over time, um, but. Uh, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. I kind of shoehorned some shit at the end here, but you know, there's a lot of show to go. This is episode one. So maybe I'll, we'll, we'll be able to come back to it. Um, maybe I'll convince it was <laughs> Katie to be my co-host. I so got I'll you baby. Just don't here. make me
2: read too much. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, thank
1: God. Never, never. Um, but okay, well thanks for thanks for stopping in on this uh, single one one single day only recording day. of course it was only one day. Shot. Um yeah, it was that we recorded.
2: Beautiful. there were no um, errors, there were no mistakes. Everyone showed up on time also. No one overslept and fucked that up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody. Everybody pooped <laughs> in the right amount of time. Um, and if anyone needs a new car, <laughs> who's Fusion oh, All right yo baby all right thanks guys thanks for yep. uh stopping yeah
2: thanks for hanging out everybody we'll see you next time duck and cover
1: duck and cover